<laughs> oh, man, so Shane. I didn't know we'd ever make it here. You know what I mean? Buddy. God, where do you nap around here? You this know? is going to be one of the most sober episodes we've ever done. We did, we did not have a I know. koozie full of uh, a cooler full of Coors under no. our table that we had originally planned. We we thought about it. We mapped it out. But there's so much security. There's no way we're getting no, a cooler in here. You know what? A bunch of Co- Coach Eli Diet Cokes here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, Shane, I think everybody, the entire audience wants to know what it's like covering SEC media days. What I know you're only one day down. We got three yeah. more to go. But what stands out to you right away? Highlights, Cousin Shane, day one. Well, a couple of things. Obviously, being first time downtown Atlanta, just just soaking in up all this experience around the SEC, um, just how big it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah, it's, it's the whole place. You you just shut down the college football hall of fame. You know, uh, right? I, you're gonna hear you're gonna hear clips throughout the week about super conferences and super programs. In, in fact, Sankey came out and said this is a super conference you know and it is man it, it's 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 been unreal now as far as the information coming at you a hundred miles an hour you know it's like as <laughs> soon as you start looking into one story two other stories just popped up and, and you get mm-hmm. caught behind man we've been playing catch-up all day with all these coaches and because they got the main room they got the little room they got hotel rooms they got you know it's just yeah lane kiffin signing freaking mustard bottles out there you know that became a thing so uh it's just it's it's been a hundred miles an hour like you said but hell you (laughs) you can say it all you want until you're actually in it you know i'm ready i'm ready for bed man i I, I mean it's seven o'clock you know (laughs) yeah we haven't eaten lunch we haven't eaten dinner what i don't even know if you had a good breakfast or not i'm gonna lose like 30 pounds down here at media days (laughs) (laughs) and uh, hey shane i gotta be completely honest with you I'm sorry I underestimated you. I didn't know how big of a hit you'd be down here, but we'll get to our uh, Drinkwitz one-on-one interview here in a minute. But, my goodness, the man was going through his phone, (laughs) sharing it with you there after the interview. I thought you guys were going to exchange numbers and, and, you know, leave the group thread I'm in and jump in this. Yeah, I thought I was going to grab the plane and go home with him there for a minute. (laughs) Uh, We had an absolute blast with him and uh, my boy Big Mac. You know, we were were able to, you know, just – soak up some some mizzou football you know and and eli's one of my favorite guys since he came in because he's always been a he's like a wild card you know yeah. you know he's always you know <laughs> i'm saying like we were talking uh with uh old miss guy earlier and and you know it, there's only a handful of coaches in the sec that actually tell the truth you know that that tell mm-hmm. what they're feeling and i feel like eli he he tries you know, to stay in the lanes. But, man, if he's got something he wants to tell you, he does it. So he's just very authentic. And I think that's what I enjoyed uh, with Coach is it felt like we were just talking to another buddy on the podcast. Yeah. And speaking of first, Shane, I always hate talking about myself and making it about me at <laughs> all. There we this. go again. But <laughs> first time ever on set with Paul yeah. Feinbaum, you think, you know, you may be nervous from time to time. My heart was no. racing. There's bright lights in front of you. There's cameras moving in. There's a crane shot coming in. And, and Paul's got someone in his ear. You don't know if he's talking to you. You don't know if he's talking about the yeah. crew. They were scre- literally screaming at me, Shane, right before we went on. Get his lanyard off. They forgot to take the lanyard yeah. off me. So I'm taking it off. And then they're saying, stop. It's stuck on the mic. <laughs> so they're running up 
screaming off, and I'm just like sweating bullets up here, trying to not make a, a damn fool That's of right. myself, which I'm sure yeah. I did. <laughs> oh, we got Kentucky oh, coaches buddy. tweeting about me. They're they're yeah. up. We haven't even got to Kentucky oh, yet. Oh my god! And they done this up there. I may not. I'm go, I'm I'm scheduled to go to a vacation yeah. there next week. I'm not even <laughs> giving the locations because I don't want anything bad yeah, to happen. And I don't even know what you said. You know, so <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sitting down here when we 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 get up. We we both walk down Feinbaum, you know, and it's a, it's a it's a it's a it's a theater, man. You know, there's there's yeah. cameras everywhere, there's people everywhere. You don't know if you're supposed to be in a certain area. You're trying to not get everybody shot, you know, my fat ass. I didn't want to get like, <laughs> oh, who is that? You know, uh, so uh, you were getting all all cleared up, but I couldn't hear you. You're so far away. But then right. all of a sudden, Twitter's blowing up, you know, and, and like you said, Coach. Coach up there in Kentucky, man, he is not a fan of, uh, of SEC. He's not going to be on the pod anytime no, no, soon. You no, know but, you know, put up put up or shut up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I think, you know, you've, you've said your piece. It's not like the first time you've ever talked about Kentucky football. You know, it's not right. the first time you've, you've gave your, your thoughts on Will Levis. You know, this is just, you know, it's one of those that some – why can't you disagree? You know, I think – Kentucky's going to be better than you are, and it and it's sitting here, I'm not sitting here saying they're going to win three games. Right. I'm going to say seven, eight, or nine, but that may be good Seriously, for fourth or fifth in the East. Optimistic, you know, talking Kentucky football, and and I was looking at 10, 11 wins. You know, it's, right. it's not that we don't think Kentucky will be good. It's just you don't think they'll be as good as as right. some other folks. So and hell, when I make a, a prediction like this, I'm wrong about sixty percent of the time. So. Kentucky fans, you should be yeah, cheering me right now. You should be pin marking this. So if if something comes up later and you're sitting at a 10-11 game winning season, <laughs> you can just drug Mark. You can drag Mark's ass through the dirt, you know. But oh, you know that old old takes exposed. Yeah. He's got me pinned up Dude, for sure. Got, that, that guy. We got 14 teams, Mike. They can't all win. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And that's what we are. We're talking heads. This is why we come to SEC Media Days to get things fired up, to get the season rolling. It's about rivalries. Yeah. It's about competition. And, and you know, Will's going to have plenty of opportunities to, to show the country that he is a first-round draft pick, you know. But mm-hmm. there's still there's still a chance that we're sitting at the end of the season saying, well, Mike was right, you know. There won't be any retweets <laughs> then. Well, let's move on from Kentucky. Okay, we'll yeah. have Kentucky Day for sure. But let's kick things off with Greg Sankey, who he kicked things off down here from the main, main yep. podium. Highlights from his discussion, NIL talk, how the division breakdown, the scheduling, how all that's going to break down. Let's kick it over to the highlights uh, from Greg Sankey there. Uh, Greg, do you anticipate maybe Texas and Oklahoma coming in the league early ahead of time? That's not up to me. That's uh, about the relationship between uh, Oklahoma, Texas, and the Big 12. Uh, We are focused on the addition being effective July 1st, 2025. You mentioned um, one of the bigger issues with that single division model was the, the tiebreakers and, and figuring out that stuff. What are some of the other issues when y'all think about finalizing that single division format? John, you didn't even have to introduce yourself because I was in Omaha and heard you ask a question in those press conferences leading up to the Ole Miss National Championship. So uh, welcome to Atlanta. Um, uh, the, the list of issues, so tiebreakers won. Uh, the number of games and what that means from a scheduling standpoint, the imbalance around nine games versus the, the comfort with eight games, um, what happens with non-conference schedules, and we have a requirement that that ninth game right now be among an autonomy five type opponent. What, how do we dispose of or, or maintain um, 
that particular policy. Um, the impact on, on bowl eligibility and, and college football playoff access I mentioned. When I go through six different teams having won national championships in the last 25 years or so, no one comes close to that number. So the level of competition here, while people want to be a part of it, uh, we're, we're attentive and sensitive to that. Uh, just to be clear, nobody from TV is saying do this or do that. This is a, this is a conversation and a decision to be made among our conference membership. Uh, Greg, do you sense a lot of support for a model with three permanent rivals or anywhere close to a consensus on that? And is there any interest in expanding beyond 16 teams right now? Um, the, the first question is that's under consideration, Kirk. Um, and there are limits on uh, the number of options available for three permanent opponents based upon the number of gains. Games, nine makes that more practical. If you remember, I had two points when we expanded that I wanted to be front and center. One is that we engage in blue sky thinking, just let's look at the big picture. Um, and the second is we rotate our teams through campus as frequently as possible so we don't go 12 years between visits. And, and so those, those two um, have guided us. That last one relates to the number of games, number of permanent opponents, and how many times you can move people through cleanly. And that's exactly the point of conversation. Um, embedded in my remarks is we're attentive, we're engaged in conversation. Um, the great news for the Southeastern Conference is that people call and say, hey, you're doing something really special, and they kind of hit around the edges. Um, as, I, as I went through, we know who we are. Um, we're, we're confident in our success. We're really looking forward to the, the expansion and being at 16 teams and don't feel pressure to just operate at a number. Uh, but we'll, we'll watch what happens around us and, and be thoughtful but be nimble. Super conference. <laughs> I mean, that was the biggest takeaway there from, from old Sankey. You know what? And I think he's talking before even Texas and Oklahoma get into the fold. Yeah. So, uh, you know, not a ton of big revelations from yeah. Sankey, but uh, it, it is, you can kind of sense the bravado, uh, you know, from the <laughs> most powerful man in college football. Yeah, you he know? brought the big swing in SEC in, didn't he? <laughs> 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 no, this was, uh, it was to the point. Yeah, it was, it was. It covered every topic we knew he would cover in in the way yeah. the SEC commissioner would. Um, mm -hmm. But like you said, there was a little there was a little cockiness to him up there at the at the stand, and I think that's important because, you know, people copy us. You know, they don't and they don't tell the SEC what to do, and that's kind of the what I got from Sankey was like, hey, listen. We may expand, we may not, but when we do it, we're going to do it the right way. We're not going to get pushed into anything because we're the SEC. So I just, I kind of just love the the attitude that he brought to the stage. Yeah. Now, next up, Missouri. We got to go Missouri because we had yeah. Coach on the show. We had Isaiah McGuire yeah. on the show. Shane, you knocked it out of the park. But this is a team that uh, last offseason, yeah. you know, again, everyone was high on, fell short. But still, many of those pieces are still there. And, hell, they just signed the best recruiting class in program history. You look at their schedule, there is tricky yeah. games, Kansas State, Auburn. You know, I think a lot of casual fans say, well, those are yeah. losses. But if they win those games, and they are very, very winnable, Missouri is going to be a surprise that's out of the East. we've been talking about, one of the sleepers, you know. And that's what – nobody came here to talk Mizzou football. And, mm -hmm. you know, but Mizzou's got one of those programs that can just derail – 
a lot of program. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, I yeah. Mean, there could be some games that we watch and we're like, damn, we didn't realize. Mis- I mean, look, look what they got on the outside. I mean, you talk about it uh, in every meeting that we talk about. That Not only they got loaded receivers, but then they got a running back room, you know, that if you look at what Eli's done with running backs, you, you got Roundtree, you got uh, – um, uh, what's his name last year? Uh, Tyler, Tyler Beatty. Beatty. Even even over at App State, you know, he's put yeah. talent into the NFL, and I can I, I we can we're going to continue to see that. I can't imagine that you know you didn't have a transfer come in for no reason. He's going. Right. It's just going to be a fun, exciting offense, and Eli does the best that he can with that offense. A lot of question marks at quarterback, which you you, you know you're going to hear me ask right out of the gate. But uh, <laughs> you know, I just I, I just like the direction. I think a lot of people sleeping on the Mizzou Tigers. Well, let's kick it over to that one-on-one interview, Shane. Let's just play the whole video. It's, it's a short one, us interviewing Coach Drink. And we, we literally had the best setting yeah. there at SEC Media Days. If, you, if you're yeah. watching, you can see the Ferris wheel in the background yeah. and everything see, like that. that ass, you look good enough there. <laughs> you notice I started going back and forth. He started going back and forth. That, that, may, that was my fault, guys. Sorry about that. He was mimicking <laughs> me there. Yep, gotcha. Okay, there yes, you are. Sir. Sorry about that, sir. Uh, so, hey, media days, did you bring the lightsaber? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't bring any lightsabers with me, man. Hey, no. I, I'm sorry. I had to, ask, I had to go yeah, with that. But you're I, good. I do want to ask you, that game, Florida, mm-hmm. going for two, making the tough call at the end of the game. Obviously, you score the two-point conversion. You win the game. You're a hero. But if you don't, everyone calls you an idiot. That's the way it is, you, you know, being an SEC head coach. So what, what gives you the confidence to go for that? I mean, it just, just uber confidence that, you, that your team can execute that? Well, it was a, a decision rooted in um, um, something that we had discussed throughout the, the, the summer. Honestly, it was one of those things that leading up to that, um, you know, with the new overtime rule changes, if you get the ball second to start overtime, the very next time you, you get the ball, go again, and you have to go for two. Right. And so, you know – for me, it was an opportunity to win the game, call your best two-point play, something you feel good about, um, something that you practice, and, uh, and, and we executed it. Um, I really don't make decisions based off of what I think other people are going to say about me. Um, you know, regardless of, of my takes, my whatever I say on here, there's going to be a certain – a group of people that don't like what I say because they're fans of other teams right. or they have a preconceived notion of who I am or whatnot. And so I, I'm okay with that. I know who I am. I'm confident in what um, we're trying to do and lay my head on the pillow at night, you know, regardless. Simple question. Uh, who's your quarterback? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're going to. No, I, I do want to ask. Uh, one thing, that you, when you came in, you talked about locking down the borders, recruiting yeah. the state. Yeah. And you've been doing a great job on that. But I want to ask you about one instance. When you were at Raytown High School on January 14th, you rolled in with a dump truck. Yeah. So I want to know the thought process. Was that your idea, or were you sitting in there and saying, let's do this, let's try something different? Man, I think uh, when you're a brand like Missouri and you're trying to reinvent yourself, you have to be creative and you Mm -hmm. have to try things. They're going to set you apart from everybody else. And, and, uh, again, being in-state, 
having the connections that we had, we were able to utilize uh, Martin Rucker, uh, yeah. a, a great former great player who now owns a construction company, and able to utilize his his dump truck and resources, and hopefully it. made the right impression. Oh, it was great! It was great. Now we've seen you on the sidelines of the basketball games and stuff, going yeah. wild and crazy. Have you ever seen that? Uh, there's there's video, there's images of Bruce Pearl when he was at Tennessee, shirt off, painted <laughs> up. <laughs> what's it, what's yeah. it going to take for Coach Drinkwitz at a Missouri basketball game with his shirt off, painted Mizzou? <laughs> Man, I tell you what, I was this close to doing it when we played Auburn at home this year in number one. But I don't want it to be about me. Yeah. Um, and th- and that, that was really the ultimate decision-making was like I, it needs to be about our Mizzou basketball team. And they know I'm there and sell, uh, cheering for them and rooting for them. Uh, but it's not really about me. It's about them and knowing that they have my support. And so that's kind of the reason I didn't do it. Um, so that, that that's kind of the guiding principle is I, I don't want it to ever be – I want to utilize my influence in a positive way, but I don't want it to be where it's about me instead of about the student-athletes or about the university. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you about Arkansas because every time yeah. we send a tweet out about yeah. Arkansas – or I'm sorry, Mizzou, there's yeah. 20 comments from Arkansas fans. Yeah, that absolutely. rivalry – is getting bigger and bigger every year. Isn't that a good thing? I love it. I absolutely love it. And I wanted to follow up because you're from there. Mm-hmm. You pl- you played there. You yeah. Know, you went to school there. Yeah. What, how, what does there. that rivalry mean Still to you? a member of the Arkansas Teacher Retirement <laughs> Association. Both me and my wife are just in case uh, college football don't work out. We can go back and hopefully somebody would hire me back in the state. Hopefully I have still have enough relationships. That's right. Didn't burn too many bridges, uh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, that's that's fandom, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and believe me, I know there's a lot of people that don't like me. They made sure to tell me about it when I was in the stadium last year, too. Um, but you know what? That's always going to be home. That's yeah. a special place. Um, but we have to have a rivalry, right? right? And you, you got to create it somehow. Yeah. And you can't create it by sitting there and telling everybody how good they are and all yeah. that. you, you got to try to stoke a little fire. And I love so it. It's not personal. I think Sam has done a great job um, and obviously whipped our butt last year uh, and made us like it. And Absolutely. so uh, as a team, we've got to respond to that. And, and uh, uh yeah, so yeah, it's exciting. Like it. So it doesn't bother me. Uh, I, I know there's a lot of fans that, uh, you know, that don't don't like me, and that's okay. Oh, that's all right. That's all right. The last like thing me. I got for you, Coach, Luther Burden. Yeah. That's a kid everybody in the country wanted. He stays yeah. home, goes to Mizzou. What's that mean for your program? And, you know, what's the expectations for him his first year? Well, for us, it just meant that, that people are believing in what we're selling, um, and, and we got to do a great job of coming through with all the things that we said that we were going to be able to do for him, both uh, while he's here playing for us and afterwards, um, um, being able to make sure that uh, he, he's got an opportunity to be successful in the rest of his life. Uh, you know, I've tried not to put undue expectations or pressure on him, but he is a great player uh, with a unique skill set and a great competitive spirit and heart, and, and uh, look forward to him being the best version of himself and whatever that is for our football team will be uh it, it will be an improvement last question i've got okay uh, you've got a house full of women well i, I think you got 15 daughters now <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i'm not no, i'm not catholic or lds i only got four daughters okay and that's okay uh, well i i've come from a house full of women myself that's, okay that's good why i have no hair but Me i too. am curious your your escape you know i, I mm. you know some people talk about a man space some some people do a hobby uh, we created a SEC podcast. You know, so <laughs> That's a great I, idea. I'm just curious, what do you do to, to kind of relax, uh, particularly in the off season? Um, coach football. That's my escape. No, I mean, I go back to the office. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll go on vacation. We like to be around the water. We went down to Table Rock Lake for a week. That's and good. then 
I've uh, been down to uh, the beach. My wife loves going to the beach, and so we we do things like that. But I don't really have a hobby in my o- or in my uh, office and in, in in my uh, basement. I have a guitar, and so if okay. I need to, if I if I've got to get away from the girls in my own house <laughs> then i'll go downstairs and the other night i was playing the electric guitar for a while for 45 minutes my wife and i was like are you done with your concert <laughs> um so i'm trying to learn a, a a new eric church song so i was working on that well that's awesome man well i yeah, appreciate absolutely. your time thanks best, for joining hey, us yeah, man. appreciate y'all yep. good luck this season thank Sorry. you man so uh, shane i mean did you did you ever in your wildest dreams think that We'd be sitting here and talking with an SEC football no. coach on a Hell podcast. No, man. I thought I thought we'd be can- I thought we gave this up like three years ago. You know, <laughs> I was just doing it to be you know because you're family. But uh, <laughs> no, it, it, it's, it's it's so funny because I think that was the surreal moment. Um, when we're sitting there, we set all this stuff up, and and it's a it's a little distance from the elevator. It's kind of hard to explain, but. A lot of walking yeah. today. You know, nobody, nobody <laughs> told me that. I didn't get that on my badge. But there was a lot of walking around uh, hot Atlanta here. But it, it, it was just sitting there waiting. And it's like, man, we're waiting for one of 14 head coaches of the SEC. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, man, my, if my papa was here right now, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He wouldn't believe it if I told him, you know. <laughs> so, uh, no, it was a – it was. I know it, Mizzou – it, you know, it wasn't a team I grew up watching, but it's a it's a team I fell in love with. It's a coach. It's it's, it's the SEC, man. You know, you yeah. hear uh, Kelly talking about it. It's it's food. It's family. It's uh, friends. It's fellowship and football. You know, it's that's what that's what the South is all about. And it's just like, man, it, it was apex for me. And. I gotta commend you again. The research, my huh? goodness, you know where these where these coaches Dude, were in I middle school, sleep. their dads, their I parents. S- I was telling, I don't know if we put it on the. We were talking to Big Mac Air. I, I, <laughs> I did a lot of I, like I I was looking for something, a little nugget, maybe with history and old family photo or something like that I could bring up, and uh-huh. I, I fell in love with the story. You know, it's like yeah. so many times you 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 you, you pull individuals and. And you talk about their numbers and their stats, but you know each one of these guys have got a story of why they got there, you know. And, and Eli, he's the author, you know. He's making this book work. So, um, no, I don't even know where you were going with it. I'm, I'm like, I've had like 18 <laughs> diet cokes, you know. I'm like John Daly up here. That's another thing you guys got in common. <laughs> yeah, you know he's trying to quit, you know. I can't find enough, you know. <laughs> I just need caffeine to keep rolling, so. Uh, all right, wait, next up, Lane Kiffin, of course. Yeah. I mean, anytime he rolls through this event, the cameras are coming, yeah. the quotes are coming. And I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but, my God, did he did he, na- did he continue to hammer home the NIL and the legalized cheating, yeah. as he calls well, it? I mean, is he wrong? This, you know. Well, that's what I was trying to get I to know, with, with Brad. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's kind of talking out of both sides of his mouth because they're, from what I understand and what's being widely reported – they are paying people, you know, one, I'm sure they're doing it legally, right. you know, once they transfer yeah. in and all that. But let's not kid ourselves. That's that's the same deal. I mean, I'm sure they're telling them how much money is on the table if they come to Ole Miss via the transfer board. You know, the thing I don't like about it is, is what the stories we're not getting yet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There, there's a lot of people, when there's money involved, there's things, there's slimy people that get involved in, in – you know, there's a real dark side to this NIL, and that's what concerns me the most is um, 
not, not so much that we're paying play. We've been doing that forever. You know what I'm saying? To right. act like we're not paying players. The jokes yeah. about the Chargers down there and, and Tuscaloosa, <laughs> you know, it's like we yeah. know it's happening. But the NIL, the, there's just a lot of kids are going to get hurt. A lot of families are going to get hurt if we don't have some sort of control. And I'm just I'm worried about that, kind of like what Lane talk, talks about here. You know, it's like – We've got to have rules, but you don't want too many rules. You know, it's like, where's this gray? Where where does it meet? Is there a salary cap? I thought that was a unique idea, but that's still going to get manipulated. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. t- talk about the king of manipulation. We just had a vote on fake injuries, and it got, you know, we're going to see a lot more of it from Ole Miss this year to slow down a tempo <laughs> that he runs. You know, it's yeah, like yeah. It, we, we make rules, and then it's like the old saying, like, uh, like I have family in law enforcement, and, as soon as they come out with a with a radar gun, they come out with a radar detector that can detect that gun quicker. You know, it's like they're right, just going right. back and forth, and, and I, that's kind of what I see with the NIL. Yeah. So hey, we also had Michael Katz, DJ yeah. Journal. We had Brad Logan, Twenty Four Seven Sports. Both cover Old Miss. So let's kick over to some of the highlights of their conversation. Lane Kiven had a lot to say, and you know, I had a chance to visit with some more beat writers uh, that cover Old Miss and. He said a lot more in regards to NIL than I expected him to. Right. He had a lot to say about the future of college uh, college athletics. And quite frankly, he said, I'm not making this up. He said it was a legalized cheating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's right or wrong. That's what he said. And that's strong. Yeah. So where are we as a collective body of college football when a sitting head coach calls it collective cheating or calls it, um, what am I trying to say? What did I say? It it would cause it essentially cheating. And, uh, legalized legalized, cheating, legalized yeah. cheating, and then you've got that. And he basically said that the NIL was a mess because it was not legislated correctly. Mm-hmm. He used the word salary cap in regards to NIL about how much a program can put into its NIL budget. Right. And um, he basically called it, uh, you know, with salary cap, it's, it's pay for play. It's right. Now, let me ask I, I don't you know. This, I guess though, it, just took, it well, just took me by surprise he went so deep into it. Let me ask you this because I've even heard your colleague David Johnson over there, right. 24-7 Sports, I mean, he's laid it out. Ole Miss – and he specifically ref- referenced Jackson Dart, mm-hmm. a guy they added via the transfer portal, of course. Now, he's got a huge NIL deal at Ole Miss. He does. So how, how, I, I'm a little confused how Kiffin can, can say that, which I know it's not – it is the rule. You cannot entice people with NIL via the high school ranks. Right. But can you do it via the JUCO ranks, or, or are they just – No, I don't think from, from the best of my ability or the best of my knowledge, you cannot induce players – to come to campus and play for you via the NIL. The NIL is only a structure that is in place for sitting players. Right. So, um, obviously, you know, there is a there is something obviously in place for Jackson Dart. The question is, is when was that put into place? You know, I, yeah. you know, you have to make the assumption that was put into place following his signature. Oh, I'm sure it was, but he's not played it down at, at uh, Ole Miss. Right. So well, what? it was following his sign. <laughs> when he signed with Ole Miss, he immediately became a student-athlete for right. Ole Miss. So, that NIL – to me, it feels like you're kind of talking out both sides of your mouth because I'm not saying they did anything illegal, right. but I'm saying what is truly his NIL value if he's never played for the school? Uh, it, that certainly feels like a – again, I'm not saying they recruited right. him, but I don't do you, know. Do you think this was a call to the boosters? I you, think that's what every one yeah, of these coaches I mean, that call, call it out. Like everyone else is paying more. Why aren't we – I think so. But yeah. also, I mean, it's written into the rule. It's clearly it's illegal for the high school. You cannot recruit high school players right. with NIL. So that's a sticking point because we know it's, it's going on. Yeah. It's certainly not going on at Ole Miss, but it's going on at other schools. And, I, and it's hurting teams like Ole Miss. 
What about the back end, though, these these collective agreements, you know, that they're getting these Lane, guys. Lane said it. I know. That's one of the things, <laughs> one of the comments he brought up. He's like, does it mean they're going to play? Yeah. You know? If there is a package in place, an NIL package for a student athlete on campus, and he happens to be really good at shooting basketball <laughs> or catching the football, and and uh, let's just say that this, this person in whatever collective that, that they're in, and they, they give a substantial amount of money. Right for this particular NIL package for this player, who's to say that they don't go to the coach and say, hey, you know, I put this amount of money into this collective. Right. Why is he not playing? Yeah. And I think, you know, that's something, once again, we've got to tackle going down the road. I think Lane Kiffin, out of everything he said today, and like I said, he said a lot. <laughs> he said a lot that the people are going to be dissecting for a while. <laughs> but the main thing that stuck out to me is, is he, he essentially said, this thing is broken. Right. right. And it is out of control. Yeah. And until a governing body, he didn't even say the NCAA. I don't even know that Greg Sankey said the NCAA today. Right. But until someone gets a hold of this, then it is just – it's a free-for-all. And your, I, I'm interested to see where it goes from here. What, what are your thoughts? I mean, if you were – I don't know, take a step back and, and to govern the NIL, I, I mean, what what would be the first thing – the salary cap's interesting. I've not heard that, that approach. Mm-hmm. But is, is that even possible? I think so. You okay. put a dollar amount on each program, each scholastic program that you have. Right. Olympic sports, everything. There is a cap on what you – so you can legislate it. Right. And it's documented what the NIL package is for your sitting student-athletes, not inducements right. for the freshmen, the JUCOs, the transfers. And if that were to get in place, though, I mean – Then we're you, back to the bag men you have under to get the table. To, well, that and the NCAA <laughs> – Maybe you're to, hoping it's not as bad. <laughs> Well, and if we have a salary cap, what's to keep another school from a different conference? You know, oh, we're offering more up here. Right. I mean, this – And that may be why Sankey is trying to stay away from that because right. all of a sudden if you put a salary cap of 150 or 200000 per team, which the obviously NCAA's probably more. The NCAA's back involved. The NCAA's involved. Yeah. And then you've got, oh, okay, so we're the Big Ten. We're going to give each team 500000 yeah, So right. we're going to up – And then the SEC says, no, they're not – we're going to go to a million per football <laughs> right. team. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So at some point – Someone's got to step in, and I don't know that anybody has enough trust in the NCAA to make that decision clearly, or to legislate it. Lane clearly came here with a message, and he said it on every platform. And like yeah. you said, the clips, mm-hmm. he does not like the NIL. And I'm just I'm wondering if that's more with his boosters. He's afraid to get you know behind the eight ball there, or is this something? Well, that, let, let, let's put it on the table. Yeah, we, we heard, we know that the Texas A&M has a heck of a collective. Correct. And they've done a fantastic job organizing and making sure those NIL packages are in place. Now, I'm not sitting here saying that, that Texas A&M tried to induce players to come to play for them. Right. I'll, I'll allow that for speculation <laughs> for our podcast listeners. Right. Uh, but let's just say they've done a great job with their collective. Then Jimbo comes out and goes absolutely ballistic because of what Nick Saban said. Right. So what's true here? Yeah. Is Jimbo telling the truth or is he covering himself? Lane Kiffin has pretty much come out and said, we're going to recruit the transfer portal. Right. Yeah. And the NIL structure that Ole Miss has in place with the Grow Collective is a pretty good collective. Correct. But it's nothing, nothing at what Texas A&M is doing in regards to finances, nor I don't think it probably is good as what Alabama has. So it's definitely something that's right. going to have to be monitored because yeah. it is a wild, wild west right Last now. Last time you were on the show, you talked up this Michael Trigg and my God, did he look like a beast in the spring game? That was the reports all spring. He's he's going to be probably the number one option, even though he's a tight end. But 
What about Jackson Dart? Because it seems like it's kind of up in the air whether he's going to be the starting quarterback. What, what are you hearing? First of all, as a, as a USC graduate myself, um, let me tell you, I'm a huge Big Ten fan. <laughs> it's always, I've always been, you know, that USC-Maryland or Purdue game is just what I get up for in the morning. Uh, but that's another story. Um, but, you know, with Dart, it's interesting because I think we all thought when you bring in a guy like Jackson Dart. Yeah. He, he, he's going to win the job, right? He's a five-star everything. He's, yeah. a, he's everything you look for in a Lane Kiffin offense, a quarterback. But, uh, you know, and I think coaches do coach things, and they're, they're leaving it open. And, uh, you know, neither guy looked great in the spring, uh, Luke Altmaier or, mm-hmm, or yeah. Dart. And, you know, it's hard to blame Dart for, like, he's been there for, like, you know, two months right. um, to get all that, you know, down with the, all these new receivers and, um, all that kind of stuff. You know, I, I know it's it's a quarterback competition, and, you know, Altmaier could win the job, right? But I've always kind of been on the side of if you bring in Jackson Dart, he's pro- you, pro- yeah. you don't bring him right. in to, to, to ride the bench. Yeah. Um, so I think ultimately, um, you know, one way or another, I think he's I think he's going to thrive. I think he's perfect for the offense. He's He, he does a lot of the, the things Matt Corral did. It's, it's hard to compare someone to, right. to what Matt did, but – you know, the, the elusiveness, the arm, uh, the escapability, just sort of that dynamic, uh, you know. They were both gunslingers early yeah. in their career. Jackson Dart <laughs> makes some throws where you're like, what was that? And then he'll make one that's amazing. Matt did that early in his career too. And, you know, Lane was really good at kind of getting that out of Matt and having right. him, you know, maybe not force the issue. I, I see a lot of similarities in that regard. Uh, Michael Trigg, um Spring game, I think he cut like three touchdowns and like two two point conversions or something. It right, was just right. ridiculous. Mike is in love with this guy. <laughs> oh you know? no, I mean, no, 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 no! Crowned him. <laughs> I, I, as as a USC fan, I was really bummed when he left because I thought this is the guy. Like right. this is the future. Yeah. This is this is the tight end of this is what it's supposed to be. Right, right, right now in football. Um, you, I mean, he's. I remember we walked out there for spring practice and we saw him and we were like. This guy just looks different. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, and like, I think Lane kind of said something to the effect of like, it's like when like you go out and like everyone else looks like they're on JV, and like yeah. he's he's like he's like the varsity guy, or he's like you know the the pro ball or pro, pro ball player playing against like Pop Warner kids. Right. Like he just <laughs> looks different, and uh, he's dynamic. I, I think he's he's gonna be really fun to watch, and yeah. uh, you know he's obviously got some work to do in terms of like blocking. I don't think USC really. You know, in that air raid offense, I don't think he really did that much. <laughs> um, and, you know, they, they do have Casey Kelly, who, you know, is more of, I guess, the conventional kind of tight end. But, man, a guy that dynamic, it, you, you got to get him the ball. Right. Anybody interested, hey, we got the full clips on our yeah. YouTube page with Brad, with Michael. I just do, I don't want this to be a four-hour podcast. You know hey, what I mean? We dude, got so many what? comments and and everything let's, going let's on. Let's not fool ourselves. Lane Kiffin was a story today. NIL yeah. was a story. The transfer portal was a story. And it's going to continue. The fact that we got it out right here on day one, by day four, we're going to be sick of those three letters. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, you know, he made some interesting comments, and I think people are going to start taking notice in that. And, um, you know, he, I saw him on Paul Feinbaum. I've seen him out mm-hmm. here. You know, he's just – he came here – Signing mustard yeah. bottles. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. He, he he came here with an agenda, and he got it out, man. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it changes anything, I don't know. You know. <laughs> Just wondering your philosophy on calling trick plays when you do them, and what do you remember about Nick Saban and his philosophy on that? Well, 
like Kirby Smart used to say, sometimes you come up here and just end up talking about Alabama. So our first question somehow is about Nick Saban. So that's pretty usual. Um, trick plays, I, I don't know. I think kind of offense has evolved so much from where we used to be that in a way maybe you don't run as many because, you, you know, we're not quite – the same as we used to be as far as setting things up as much because so much is about tempo and how we do things. So I would guess, you know, analytics on tricks, pl trick plays would show maybe we don't do as many as we used to. And uh, coach kind of was with trick plays, kind of like, you know, fake kicks. Like it had to be a discussion a lot of times right before. He would want to know that week what was in and why. And uh, a lot of times you'd, you know, run it by him before. So... And if they, if they worked, he was happy. If they didn't work, you got ass chewings. <laughs> you mentioned right off the, the top uh, the importance of the transfer portal and, and filling some holes on, on your roster this year. I'm wondering, in the, in the last year, what changes have you seen in your discussions with p potential transfers of the NIL? And what do you think the coach's role uh, should be in, in, in that whole discussion? Hmm. Well... What should the coach's role be in that discussion? I mean, I think ideally, if we're going to be in an NIL world and somehow you're going to do it right and it's going to get capped, you know, so that there's some way of controlling it and keeping playing fields close to the same. Um, otherwise, you're just going to have these glaring differences within Division One football um, based off of their, what I've said before, their salary cap. I know that's not really the right word. Uh, and... Ideally, I would think that the coach should be part of managing that. That's, you know, how you would want it done, but I don't know if it'll be that way or whatever. So that's just how I would do, and that's based off of look what happens in professional sports. There's salary caps, and the coach and the general manager slash owner manage that. Coach, we're going to go right in front of me. Because one, the other thing about that, Hold too, on. is if it's not, I would say, okay, well, why would you put it that way when coaches aren't supposed to be involved in that? Well, you got a whole other set of problems. If you got boosters out there deciding who they're going to pay to come play and the coach isn't involved in it, how does that work? I mean, they could just go pick who they want and pay them however much, and then are they going to tell you, the booster's going to tell you who to play to? And then when they don't play, how's that going to work out? So, again, this was not thought out at all, in my opinion and has created a massive set of issues, um, which I think most, when people really thought about it, from a coach's standpoint, could have predicted this um, was going to happen. All right, well, Joe Goodman, AL.com. Uh, one year into NIL, um, what have you found works with NIL? What doesn't work? And... You know, you say college football is all about money right now, so how have you managed that in your program? You know, you mentioned maybe there needs to be general managers, but have you kind of delegated that responsibility to someone already, or how have you gone about doing, dealing with that? Well, the first question is the keys to NIL and how do you do well at that? You have really good boosters. That's how you do well at it. So um, I'll say when other people don't say as you know so it's like a payroll 
you know, in baseball. What teams win over a long period of time? Teams that have high payrolls and can pay players a lot. So um, we're in a situation not any different than that, which is what I'm not saying I didn't. I'm sure other people said it. I said it day one, you legalize cheating, and so get ready for the people that have the most money to get the best players. And now you have it. So it is what it is. And as far as a general manager to manage that, we aren't allowed in the current system to manage what they make. So, um, so there isn't, well, we're not there yet. And I don't know that we ever will be. That's just what I said it should be because that's what any other, you know, professional sports, which is what we are now, does. Excuse my tie. Apologies for that. Um, Lane, I saw that you signed a, a mustard bottle earlier. Have you signed a lot of those in the last nine months? I did sign a mustard bottle. That was the first um, guy to come up, which I think he had Alabama shirt on, so I was a little confused there. And so, yes, I've signed a lot of mustard balls and golf balls, uh, which normally I haven't. So it's been a unique off season. Okay, we're going to stay over in that. And I'd state. like to say on the golf ball, which goes back to the first pitch, which <laughs> you know I threw out for the Tennessee game, and we got swept by Tennessee and didn't play well, and everybody thought it was my fault. I had a plan. I wanted our guys to stay humble and not play very well, and then we'd go win the national championship in baseball. So I'd like to say that was a plan. So all the Tennessee fans that were all excited about sweeping us, there was a plan. Last but certainly not least, Brian Kelly, his first appearance at SEC Media Days. I thought, based on uh, you know what we saw, I thought he yeah. aced it, Shane. I mean, talk about culture issues. I love the fact that he points out, hell, you win football games down here. You know, that, that stuff doesn't matter. And I think the perfect example is their previous yeah. coach. I mean, LSU was never going to have a better fit than Coach O, yet they ran his ass out yeah. after a couple bad years. So that's what it's all about. You win, people will embrace your oh, culture, yeah. and they'll say you got a great yeah. culture. Uh, you don't get it done, you, you fall apart. And I thought it was also interesting, I don't know if you caught this, Shane, but he was asked about the Arkansas transfers that he got in helping boost their secondary, secondary and he said, hell, I'm not even comfortable really with seeing that division right. uh, players jump within the division. Yeah. But – that's the rules. LSU is going to take advantage because they got a yeah. weakness, can hurt uh, an opponent they're going to see annually. Yeah. So I don't know. What, what was your highlights of what Brian Kelly had to say? Oh, well, I mean, a lot of coach speak. You know, here, here's, here's yeah. a guy that's been around college football a long time. You know, we, t- All we talked to Eli, you know, a little bit open. You know, you, these younger guys, it's a, it's a generational thing. Uh, these the under forty guys. I don't, I don't know how old Lane is, but he ain't too far from it. But these old <laughs> guys, you know, with the uh, with the ties on, doing the right things, saying the right things. Um, that's what I think we got a lot of today. But he did it. He did good. I I I didn't come away with like higher expectations of LSU. Um, but I will say this: the players that he brought with him. I think they said more about that program than he did. Those kids, those, those, I never saw. I saw more excitement from that LSU group. And I don't know if that's a if that is a culture thing that you're talking about or a locker room thing. But you know, here on Media Road, there's there's 50 tables, you know, and, yeah. and no one had more fun than LSU players today. And we were surrounded by LSU. Maybe that's why a lot of the yeah. media right around oh, here. Oh, you know it, but it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's been kind of documented, maybe LSU or the collective of NIL of LSU doesn't have a, as much funds as other schools. How do you overcome that? And have you run into a situation yet where maybe you were outbid for a player? And how do you overcome that? 
First of all, I don't know that we don't have as many funds. Um, nobody has given me, uh, you know, any kind of documentation that we're behind. I feel very comfortable, quite honestly, as I stand here, you know, talking to you that, um, you know, what we're doing relative to NIL is as competitive uh, as anybody else. Um, I don't feel like we're being outbid uh, by anybody. Uh, I don't think that's the place of NIL uh, anyway. So if we were being outbid, then we're going to be outbid if we have $50 million in our collective. So I don't feel hamstrung uh, by that. Uh, I want to continue to educate uh, with NIL. Uh, I want to be able to use the resources wisely uh, to help promote name, image, and likeness. and. And, and have that available uh, for our student athletes um, when, when, when the time comes. I wanted to ask you about your secondary, what you feel about the talent level there, and the two transfers from Arkansas, Fouché and Brooks, how you feel like they might fit in? Well, let me address Fouché and Brooks. Um, they have been outstanding additions to our program. I know um, m many don't like to see that happen within the league, and I'm not crazy about it either. Um, but these are two Louisiana kids that wanted to play at LSU, uh, and they have been great additions. Uh, character, um, you know, I would say that you know, when we were looking into the transfer portal, we wanted young men that had SEC experience and had ties to the state of Louisiana. And, and Brooks and Fouché fit that to the T. Um, and I think the secondary has a number of players that we've, I think, went out and recruited uh, either through the, the portal or that were in the program. Uh, that give us great depth, but they're going to have to go out and prove it. Um, and I think that's, that's an area that is going to have to come together for us, but we think we have depth and we think we have some talent there. Uh, Coach, I wonder why you feel like you're a great fit for LSU since you haven't been in the South that much. And a uh, corollary question is that what do you think of Texas and Oklahoma joining an already great conference? Well, I, I think fit is about, you know, the ability to run a program, um, you know, at the highest level. I've done it for 32 years. I've had success at uh, Notre Dame, Cincinnati, Central Michigan, wherever I've been. So, you know, running a program and then, um, you know, developing players, player development. I think those are the most important thing. And I, and I, don't, I don't think that needs to be... Um, you know, geographical in a sense. Um, I've gotten to to love where I'm at in, in Baton Rouge. I love the people. They love football. They love family. Uh, and they love food. And that fits me really well. So I guess I should have been in the South all along. <laughs> I love the fact that Oklahoma and Texas, two great programs are coming into the SEC. And, you know, that speaks to Coach Sankey and understanding, you know, the lay of the land and, and, and being proactive and having two great institutions coming into the SEC. We'll be excited about when they, when they officially join uh, to have them on the schedule as well. But I, I did think you have an interesting idea. The closing thoughts here, uh, when we were messing around waiting for, uh, I think, drink, we, hit, we threw some ideas around. But if you had questions yeah. for Brian Kelly, for Lane Kiffin, maybe even Drinkwitz that you didn't get to, 
Uh, do you have any on mind? And maybe you want me to go first here. Well, I, I kind of talked about Mizzou. I, I wanted to get a little feel of the of the running back situation because mm-hmm. Eli has, like I said, shown a track record of putting these guys in the NFL. So I'm just kind of curious what the next chapter that's going to look like. Um, you know, the problem is the questions I really want to know the answer to, they're not going to answer. They're you know what I'm saying? The questions I really <laughs> want to ask, I'm not allowed to say it or ask it. Right, you know? right. Um, so, it, I don't know. You know, and that, speaking of that, that one thing, it kind of, it's it, again, I favor NIL. I like the players yeah. getting paid because I think there's so much money involved. It's basically criminal to, to basically say you cannot, you know, get $50. At, you know, Bryce yeah. Young winning the Heisman, he's worth – an insane amount of money in Alabama. But I thought it was hilarious. Brian Kelly was asked about, uh, you know, their NIL and, and whether they have enough money. And he's sitting there saying, oh, we got all the money yeah. in the world. And then you hear you got Kiffin with all his comments. It's like it's such a weird and wild yeah. time to be involved in college football where this is out in the open and, and being debated in a seating, scene like this, whereas years ago they would have yeah. never even touched something you like know, that. one of the things – Brian Kelly, one of the worst questions asked today, in my opinion, and I, no, no offense to who asked it, but they were talking about getting blown out when he was at Notre Dame. <laughs> Is that part of the reason that he came down here to LSU? I didn't like the question, but then the more I thought about it, I was like, yeah, I would love to know the answer to that. Is that why you're here? I mean, I mm-hmm. would imagine that you left Notre Dame to come here to win national championships. Right. Um, because and you don't, you don't just come in – he knew what he had on the roster. He knew the things he's got to work. I mean, Boutte, he was up against the ropes. Now we're giving him the number seven, you know. I mean, <laughs> he, he's winning that locker room over, and, and it yeah. starts from the inside out. But that locker room is loaded with talent. I, I just want to know, coming in, wh- how soon? How soon are you expecting to win national championships here? Not on the fan base. How how, mm-hmm. how soon? Because everywhere he's go, he he's been productive, very productive. Um, one of the elite coaches in the country, and yeah. uh, just his ex, his honest expectations on how soon he's winning championships in LSU. And what, why we brought that up? Because I, I really wanted to ask Sankey. I was trying to get a question in. You know, we know this expansion yeah. and all this. This is all money driven. TV networks trying to scoop up best markets, trying to renegotiate their t- television contracts because that's where all the money is. Hey, the SEC is going to be fine. I'm not worried about the right. SEC. But I'm curious if he would truthfully answer, is that good for college football? I don't, how can you answer that, Mike? I, I think, you know, yeah. this is one of those – you think about the evolution of Internet. You know, when mm-hmm. we were kids – well, maybe when I was a kid, you know. Like, I knew one kid that had a computer and, it, and could log in and do anything online, you know. But from that point to this point, I mean, we've. I've, this is the fastest thing. Inter- I mean, it's on the phone. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. I think college football is is excelling quicker now these days than it ever has. When when you look at the end, think about what we're where we were ten years ago, man. There, mm-hmm. there was no no talk about giving players money. You know, here we are. There was no talk about a free agency. Oh, here's the transfer portal. You know, it's like, right. it's just, look how much it's changed in the last 10 years. I can't I can't imagine what it's going to look like 10 years from now. I mean, we may have general managers of college football teams. You know? Yeah. That's wild yeah, to think it's, about. It's, but, the uh, NFL, it's the NFL. 
And that's, hey, the SEC's in the best position because yeah. they've got the strongest league, grasp baby. on all that. <laughs> Super League, as Greg Sankey says, I think that's the perfect way to end this yeah. one, Shane. Day one, SEC Media that's Days right. in the books. Fantastic yeah, day. Yeah, absolutely. I'm ready for some food and then go to bed. <laughs> <laughs>